Get ready for winter driving at Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers with super deals on tires, including up to $200 on new Goodyear tires, plus oil changes, brakes, batteries, and more. For value and savings, click on gotodobbs.com today. The Danny Mac Show with BK. Podcast powered by I Promise. Now, here's Danny Mac with BK. Lined into left, O'Neal diving, and he came up with it. He robbed him, takes a hit away. Molina pulls it fair off the sidewall. One run is in. Here comes another. Yachty on his way to second base with a double. DeYoung with a drive. Left center. Gone. Two-run homer. Paul DeYoung and the Cardinals have busted it wide open here in the home half of the seventh. So many things to get into as the Cardinals win 7-1 over the Diamondbacks in game one of the three-game series. That's BK. I'm Danny Mack. Tuesday edition of the program. Tanner is with us as well. Rick Horton will be our guest at around 10-15 or so. And uh, you heard the first highlight, probably the the play of the game, as Tyler O'Neill makes a diving catch in a 1-1 game with a runner at third. Better than the ball boys? I don't know, man. That's a tight race right there. That's a ball man. Ball Touche. Yeah, come on. Touche. Can't I, I just can't come to call him a ball boy when he's probably a fifty or sixty year old man. It's hey, not a man. Hey, hey we don't or know not that a ball, man's a ball age. Boy. We don't know that man's age. He might have been forty. But that's fine. He's forty. <laughs> he's not a ball boy. I can't do it. And in San Francisco, they're ball dudes. But in this case, they're a bald man. They're a grown man down there. I heard you uh I think it was Randy who said during the crossover. You know, you go to the ballpark, you just never know. You might see something you've never seen before. And I legit, when he said that, Dan, I didn't know what he was referencing. Oh, I knew where he was going. I didn't know if he was talking about the ball man. I didn't know if he was talking about the decision to leave an overworked reliever in there in the seventh inning when he's getting shelled by the Cardinals. Seen that plenty of times. I didn't know if he was talking about the Cardinals offense scoring runs. I didn't know. It could have been any of the above. It could have been any of the uh, the above. Um, so for those that didn't see it last night, Tori Lovello said he had three non-Alex Young innings available in the bullpen last night. He could not justify risking the health of an overtaxed reliever core by pulling Young in that spot in the six with potentially four innings left to cover. As the bases loaded, Alex Young came up and he let him hit for himself against Henesis Cabrera and Cabrera threw boom 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 struck him out and he didn't go with a pinch hitter with the game on the line tie game he had nine relievers nine relievers in his bullpen but apparently it was an overtaxed bullpen six and two thirds six and two thirds and I think it was three and two thirds uh, coming into uh, the series which is fine the, you know you, you, you're saying you're overtaxed but then then it's incumbent then on those in your front office to get you some fresh arms so that when you are in that spot that you are ab- available to go to your bench. I I didn't understand it. I, I was just, I was floored when I saw that. I was floored. It was the first time that a relief pitcher hit with the bases loaded, 
two outs in a tie baseball game since 2018. Yeah. When the Miami Marlins decided to do that. Surprisingly enough, didn't work out. Now, that one was in the bottom of the 13th. Exactly. A little bit of a different situation in that one than what we saw last night. It's one of the worst managerial decisions I've ever seen. I, I've never seen it, and I've seen it maybe with a starter. You know, if you feel like, okay, my starter is really dealing Okay, sure. I can live with it. The starter doing it. Scherzer's on the mound. Yeah. Grom's on the mound. He's in the seventh. Right. You, you think you can get a complete game, like one hitter out of sure. him? Sure. I get that. But a reliever with nine guys? What? I, I was just floored. I couldn't believe it. Now, it's malpractice either on the manager or the general manager. If it is true that they only had three innings available out of the bullpen last night, then that's general manager malpractice. If it is not true and he's speaking kind of out of both sides of his mouth here then it's on him i don't know who it's on only they do but but you shouldn't the bottom line you shouldn't be in that position one way or another never right. a, never should that happen and so did the cardinals get a few breaks last night absolutely they went up against a reliever in the seventh inning that shouldn't have been in the game in the seventh inning but they hadn't been taking advantage of those opportunities previously and last night they were able to and man that had to feel good for them I could feel it as you're calling the game in that seventh inning and you see that home run by Paul DeYoung. It just felt like a collective sigh of relief. Like, okay, I think we're going to get this one finally. Yeah, and he was on fumes. Alex Young was, and the Cardinals took advantage of that. The Cardinals, uh, seventh inning, they explode for six runs. They win it. And then earlier in the game, they get Wade LeBlanc to make a start. He... uh, Gave up a home run, then was lifted in the game, but pretty much gave exactly what the Cardinals needed in the ball game, which was strikes. He worked quickly, gave him a chance to win his mindset going into the start. Continue doing what, what I'm here to do, which is to be aggressive, throw strikes, let the defense do what they do best, and and try to get the offense back out there to swing some sticks. And also he talked about this is who he is because of why he wanted to be here, the catcher, Yadier Molina, and the defense behind him. I am who I am because of because of the catcher I have and the defense that I have. You know, if if I don't have those two things then then it can be it can be a really long night for, for me. So, you know, God has been really good for me to end up here. Um, it's been a it's been a, a real blessing and so just kinda try to keep keep building on it something that may get overlooked in this series and maybe the Pittsburgh series Paul DeYoung since Paul DeYoung is a guy that we are saying that you got to count on going forward if they're going to win some games part of that big run uh, seven run sixth inning or six the the six run seventh inning is that he had a two run shot and so since the Pittsburgh series four for 13 a couple of home runs drove in four a couple of walks now he struck out three times it's a small sample size but you're not seeing him lunge as much you're seeing better at bats i'm seeing a little bit better uh at bats from paul DeYoung. i like what i'm seeing so maybe that's something that you can look forward to coming out of the ball game last night i i loved what leblanc did too he threw strikes and you saw nolan arenado make a couple of great plays that's the recipe for this team if you're going to win Put the ball in play. Yeah, you could see what the Cardinals wanted out of Wade LeBlanc. You could see why they decided to make this move. And on Paul DeYoung, one strikeout in his last 12 plate appearances. That That is telling as to where he's at right now. And the other thing is he's just making more significant contact lately. It's not that he's not topping the ball as often as he was previously. And that was one of his biggest issues. Even when he was making contact, he was rarely making hard contact. So it it looks like things are going in the right direction. And I think you can say that 
hopefully about the Cardinals offense as a whole, although I don't want to make too much on one inning from that offense. Now, let's think ahead. So going into game number two tonight, I would like to think that the Diamondbacks bullpen is rested. (laughs) Who knows? Like to think that. And uh, the Cardinals, they used their biggest guys last night. So Carlos Martinez, he goes tonight. Oh, boy. This is a big start for him, man. He was not good last time out. He has been hit and miss the entire year. I've said it after what I saw last time. I'm not sure I would give him the start tonight, but he gets it because out of necessity, you're going to have to do that. Okay, Carlos, what do you got? And that's something you have to look forward to tonight. 11 walks in his last two starts is what you've received from Carlos Martinez. And that is not including the two thirds of an inning that you got earlier this month against the Dodgers. It's been a no good, very bad month for Carlos Martinez. Does he deserve to make this start? No. No, he doesn't. Based on the way he's been pitching, you should have had somebody else in the rotation. Cardinals don't have any options. I mean, you look around, unless they wanted to go with an opener, you could say Jake Woodford, but they're sending him down to AAA right now to be able to kind of extend him. That way they can get more innings out of him down in AAA, and maybe later on this year, if they need him, they can use him as a starter. He's their guy right now. That may change after this start. If he doesn't pitch well, Dan, I would imagine this is probably the last start we see from Carlos Martinez in a Cardinals uniform. Could. Yeah. Could. I just don't know the options. I know you laid them out. I I just don't. It sounds like to me they're not comfortable with Libertor jumping up if you're putting Whitford, you know, down to be stretched out. I guess you give him that that one start and bring him back up. I don't know how far. I think they would explore an opener. Yeah, after uh, hearing there you, there you after hearing Mo and Schilt over the last few days, I do not think they're comfortable in I specifically don't think Mike Schilt is very comfortable in doing so. I think he would prefer not to go that route, especially I'm, I'm in the National that way League. Too. Yep. I think Mo seems to be a little bit more open to the idea. And if you get a bad start out of Carlos tonight, I you, think you just Schilt can't put will him back start. out there. Yeah. I think Schilt will say, you know what? It's our only option. It's, it's the best thing that we can do right now. The nice thing for the Cardinals is it would only be maybe one or two starts before you get to closer to the trade deadline, and then maybe you could explore your options there. It'd basically be a stop, uh, spot start here or there. So I think they would have to explore it. I think this is interesting uh, Interesting from the 618. Can I get a C-Mart Kisner battery tonight? C-Mart's best starts uh, sometimes aren't with Yachty. Um, but there's been so many over the years. Some of the best starts have been with Yachty, but this year it's been hit and uh, hit or miss. You got a day game going tomorrow. So the question would be, do you want, because uh, to me, Yachty needs a day off either tonight or tomorrow. So do you want him with KK or do you want him with Carlos Martinez tonight? I think that's a logical question. I was saying this so earlier. you want to shake season. it up maybe a little bit tonight? I, I, that's logical. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to it. I thought the same thing earlier in the year, and then Kisner over the last couple of blowups for him, or at least two of the more recent ones, he's been behind the plate. So this year, Carlos Martinez has a 5.9 ERA when throwing to Kisner. is a 7.3 ERA when throwing to Yachty. I do think that he has a little bit more conviction in what he's throwing at times when Kisner is behind the plate. I think he calls a little bit more of his own game. So maybe you try it. I, I think you might even ask Carlos, say, hey, big start for you. Who do you want behind the plate? Who would you rather have? Who I think are you he, more comfortable I, with? I would imagine he'd say Yachty out of reverence to sure. Yachty. And I understand that. So take that out of his, uh, take that out of the equation and you make the decision for him. 
to me, you got to give Yachty a breather here because he's played a ton of baseball here lately. You got a quick turnaround, 12 15 tomorrow. So, you know, look at some matchups and maybe you just say, hey, we're going to shake it up. So, Carlos, you're going to go with Kisner tonight. Wouldn't surprise me. Maybe that's what you do. And I'd be fine with it. I would, too. At at this point, this team is more than justified in trying some things that you normally wouldn't. And this this is not some crazy idea. So, yeah, I'd be totally fine with that if they decided to go that route. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. When I hear that head-banging type music, I think Rick Horton. That's what I think. And Ricky Horton joins us now on 101 ESPN. Ricky, you are a headbanger. I know that. You're you're probably going back to the old MTV days of headbanger ball, that kind of thing. Am I am I pretty much spot on with that? Uh, let's just say I do remember the headbangers ball, but I'm from <laughs> I'm, I'm more of a Motown guy. I thought you'd have something, uh, you know, Stevie Wonder coming in, but that's okay. I'm all I'm good with it. Well, people would be shocked. You love rap. You're a big rap I guy, do. and I'm serious. Yeah, yeah. I like I like hip hop, rap, but you know, my my roots really go back to. Uh, I, I like Motown, and I like what we used to call funk at the time. I mean, Parliament, and uh, I mean that was kind of my uh, my roots of uh, of liking music. And uh, you don't hear much Parliament these days. No, you don't. But uh, I got to ask you about we we just had an interesting conversation. I you know you got a day game going tomorrow. You got Carlos Martinez on the mound tonight. I'd be okay. And to me, uh, Yachty's been playing so much baseball. Uh, I got to give him a day off either tonight or tomorrow. Maybe you switch it up with Carlos tonight and have Kisner go tonight. I don't know. Maybe the the Cardinals are saying it's best to have Yachty behind the plate. What do you think? Would you shake it up a little bit with Kisner behind the plate with the way that uh, Carlos has been uh, been going here lately? What do you think? Well, I I wouldn't mind doing that. And, and here's the reason. I and I and I actually watched that during the game yesterday, and, and I hadn't really formulated a, a clear thought on it yet. But one of my favorite things about the game yesterday is that Yachty was uh, was in it. I mean, Yachty was all over that game yesterday. How he was uh, working with LeBlanc, and he just seemed to be having fun. And, of course, leading the game has something to do with that. But I'd like to keep Yachty emotionally sharp more than physically. I just think, you know, he's been down the last couple of weeks, and, you know, who can blame him? Uh, he's had a hard uh, staff to catch, at unfortunately, for the last two weeks. So I think giving him an extra day would be a good thing. I'd be all for that. But I think as much to keep him – kind of hungry and excited and into it as uh, we possibly can because he drives the ship. Ricky, when you were watching that game last night, how much of that was the Cardinals winning it? And, and listen, today we're going to celebrate it no matter what because they, they're, they've been few and far between. But how much of that was the Cardinals winning it and how much of it was the Diamondbacks blowing it? Uh, I think it was more the Cardinals winning it than the Diamond, Diamondbacks blowing it. Uh, and, and the guy that I mostly... Uh, pointing to is Wade LeBlanc. Uh, so my thought after the game was if, you know, you close your eyes and imagine uh, Wade LeBlanc throwing 40 pitches in the first inning, uh, having the bases loaded all over the place, what that would feel like to the Cardinals offense. I just, I just think that's been our downer. I mean, starting pitching uh, really kind of sets the tone for a game. And I think he set the tone for the game to be more competitive and, and he's a Cardinal. That's why I, I think he was the single most important player on that field yesterday based on what the Cardinals have dealt with lately. You know, is he overpowering? Is he a big wow guy? No. But the Cardinals needed that desperately to feel like they were actually in a game uh, that was getting into the fourth or fifth inning. Now, you know, obviously 
uh, the the uh, D-backs had to make a decision based on limited uh, pitchers available in their bullpen, and they you know they made the decision they made, which certainly helped the Cardinals. Uh, and and so you might say uh, the Diamondbacks' last few days uh, led to the uh, Cardinals' comeback as well. So Ricky was uh, looking over my shoulder last night because he was doing the pregame and the postgame in the booth, and obviously he was giving me a lot of pointers and trying to help me out during the broadcast because I need all the help I can get. So thank you, Ricky, for all your help. And you you did help me on some notes on the the bullpen of the the Diamondbacks, and we were talking between innings, and I said, Ricky, if it was a starter, I've seen that, but I've never seen uh, with nine guys in the bullpen, you know, listed. Now, we don't know who's available. Obviously, we right. found out later right. that there was three innings available. I've never seen that. And you've you've seen more baseball than me. I've never seen that. Have you ever seen that where you got the bases loaded midway through a game and he sends the, uh, the relief pitcher up there to hit? Well, you may have seen it in 1970, okay? Hmm. I mean, yeah. uh, and, and, and when you have four relievers in your bullpen and they all pitch the day before. I mean, so... So I wouldn't say never because I'm older than you, Dan. And by the way, you don't need any help. We all know that. But the, but the Lots point is, <laughs> no. But uh, you know, it was odd. There's no question about it. it was odd, uh, and 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 it almost had to feel. And, and I don't mean to be critical of the Diamondbacks, but it almost had to feel of a spring training game. You're going to go four, you go four, and we'll see how we do. I mean, that's not. You know, I think it was either. I mean, the decision. The decision's either odd. Or it's just too bad that he's boxed into that corner. And the more I thought about it, I think he was boxed into that corner based on the fact that all those guys out there in the bullpen uh, had thrown 15 innings the, the, the three days prior. And, you know, maybe they should have got some fresh arms in. You know, again, I'm not the GM either, uh, but, you know, clearly they were stuck yesterday. Uh, and unfortunately for them, they were stuck at the wrong time when they had the bases loaded in the 1 1 game. Ricky Horton is our guest here on 101 ESPN. Ricky, the big uh, crescendo in that seventh inning for the Cardinals was Paul DeYoung hitting the home run. And he he looks better at the plate over the last yeah. few games. What have you seen from him specifically? Is there anything mechanically or is it just him timing wise? What's changed for Paul DeYoung? Well, I do think that Paul is a real timing guy. I mean, we've seen that since he came to the big leagues. You know, he was an all-star obviously early in his career and is still a pretty young guy, but uh, when his timing's off, he's just late on fastballs. He's he's way out in front of breaking balls, and he's kind of more susceptible to that kind of in and out than than a lot of guys in the lineup. And I think that's really it. And you know what I liked about you know the, kind of the lead up was the fact that he walked a lot of times and he was on base. He was into the flow of the game. Uh, and I think when you're into the flow of the game, even he got on on an error, but even even that is on base, in the flow, a part of the offense. And I just feel like he's been not a part of it for so long. It's been frustrating for him. Uh, and I think he found a little bit something, something a little different in terms of his timing yesterday, and I hope that goes forward. You know, it's such an interesting year, the ebbs and flows of a baseball season. Um, this has been a tough year and a tough month if you're a Cardinal fan. How have you uh, viewed the, the Cardinals of 2021? Well, unfortunately, I, I view that uh, the, the two guys that you can't afford to get hurt, and, and maybe you didn't know it at the time, but you look back in the rearview mirror and say, you know, we've already lost Dakota Hudson for the season. Uh, Jordan Hicks is now out. Oh, boy, that hurts. But the boy, the two guys you can't afford to lose are Miles Michaelis and Jack Flaherty. And, you know, is Miles Michaelis your best player? No, but he was meant to be the third starter with Flaherty number one. So Flaherty one, Michaelis three. Uh, now you re- you realize just how thin you were in pitching 
depth. You don't have Austin Gomber anymore. And so you, and, and Ponce de Leon has not also been hurt and not really been an answer. And you didn't have a minor league system last year. So you, you are really on razor edge. Alex Reyes can't start this year. So you, you think you've got a lot of starters, but you really didn't. And with two of them go down, everybody's forced up. And now you've got Wainwright as the number one, which, you know, he's been a number one in the past, but you're asking a lot of him. By the way, he's doing a great job with that. But now you're pushing Oviedo up to a number three starter, and he's probably a guy that should be your number five on a good staff uh, and on maybe a staff that's not quite ready for him, you know, pitching every fifth day in AAA and, and getting his, you know, getting his uh, experience. But uh, you're forcing him to be the number three, and then everybody else is a number five. It's just been uh, I think that's the worst part of what's gone on with the Cardinals' decline over the last month. And one guy you didn't mention there, Ricky, is Carlos Martinez. He'll be right. on the mound yeah. for the Cardinals tonight. And I, we said this earlier. I mentioned it. I, I would not be surprised if things go poorly, if this is the last start that we see from Carlos Martinez in a Cardinals uniform. How significant is this for him, and what are you anticipating from Carlos tonight? Well, I find it really interesting, and, and you guys were listening to Mike Schilt talking about a week ago when he said, yeah, we're going to make some changes with our rotation. And, and it was not specific, and he couldn't be specific yet. But I think everybody was looking around the room going, is he talking about Carlos? Is he talking about Oviedo? Uh, is he talking about Gant? I mean, he could be talking about all three of them at that time. And so it was, that shows you the reality of what he's dealing with, that, that all those guys are on, on the edge. And Carlos is clearly on the edge. And uh, you know, does he have an upside? Of course, we've seen it, two-time All-Star. Uh, but you know, the, the resume only do, does you so much when when you're still competing. You know, in 2021, you got to find a way to, to 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 get outs and get them out consistently. His mechanics were terrible his last time out. He said they were terrible. I'm agreeing with him, uh, but he, he was all over the place. The arm slot was different. He doesn't. He needs to throw downhill is what he needs to do. He needs to find a way to get his, his arm in a position where he's not coming underneath the ball, where his slider's flat, his changeup's flat, everything's flat. He needs to throw downhill and find a way mechanically to get that done. Can he do it? Um, boy, I don't know. I mean, I'm hopeful, but, you know, hope is not a strategy, right, Dan? Oh, no question. And I, I'm curious about what you think about this, Ricky. So you're, you're kind of forced into pitching Oviedo. So now he's got 14 starts. He does not have a big league win. He's 23 years old. We have seen him when he pitches inside the zone. He's got hit and miss stuff or soft contact. However, too many times he's outside the zone. A lot of walks. And it, it, it's you walk a fine line when you're an organization, as you know, Rick, you got yeah. a young guy with a huge, massive upside and a guy that could be really good in this league, but you don't want him to get buried. Yeah. Uh, how how close are we to saying, you know what? Yeah, we, we maybe need to get him back down to the minor leagues because we need to have him have a taste of success and then bring him back up. But yet if we send him back down, you know what? We don't want him to feel buried, but yet if he stays up here and doesn't have a su- success, he's buried. You're, you're really in that fine line. What, what do you think you do with Johan Oviedo right now? Well, you know, I think if you had three uh, Wade LeBlancs or, or Wade LeBlanc, uh, you know, type people, uh, you'd have a very different rotation right now. And Oviedo would be in AAA where he probably, you know, expected to be the Cardinals expected him to be there, but they needed him. Uh, absolutely needed him to be there now. And he's, you know, he's doing what he can do, but, you know, he's, you know, he's still not fully cooked yet. You know, he's, he's got a few more minutes in the oven. I mean, he needs to be cooked more. And I think you have a bigger risk of keeping him in the big leagues and him developing a sense of, well, I guess this is a league I can't pitch in. I mean, I'd rather, I mean, I think he's neat. He needs success. I mean, he needs to be, 
I mean, when you're throwing 95 miles an hour and you're 23 years old and you've got, you know, nasty stuff, you need to you need to be feeling that. You need to start strutting around the mound like you own the place, which, by the way, is exactly what we're getting from Alex Reyes now, which we didn't for a couple of years. I mean, remember Alex almost tentative in spring training? is like, oh, boy. And now he walks around like, man, nobody in the world can hit him, which is about right. And and I think we need to get that, get that confidence and that strut from Oviedo. And I, I don't – you know, can he get it at the big league level? Maybe, but you're running a risk of him getting that feeling that he's a he's a AAA pitcher, not a big league pitcher. And I don't know what else I can do. And and you know, he's too young to be having those kind of feelings. And the next start for him is at Colorado, which is not exactly an easy place to start. You know. Oh yeah, but you point. know what? That's the baseball gods. That's where you get your first win, right? He gives, he gives well, you seven and you know four hits and one run, and you win the game. That's yeah. how it works. Well, we did- we did the stuff on paper for the Detroit series and the Pittsburgh series and, and the paper didn't really work. You know, baseball, as we know, is not a game on paper, nor is it a video game. Baseball is not a video game. I mean, control, alt, delete, A, A, B, B, C. It's baseball is not a video game. There are people that play. And, and there's so many other factors that are going on into the, the human aspect of the game that, that, that make the outcome sometimes different than we expect. You know, Ricky, I, I'm curious too about this as a guy that uh, was a pitching coach and you pitched a number of years in the big leagues. How do players not watch Wade LeBlanc who, right. and, and now we're in max effort and we're seeing guys throwing 98. So Wade goes out there and he's out there tossing strikes and he's throwing 88 to 92 and he's working quickly and Nolan Arenado's making all the plays at third base. How do guys not in that dugout go, you know what? Maybe I need to do this. You know, maybe I need to take a little off and and throw some strikes. And I, I know they're trying, but maybe yeah, I, course. you know, try to change something and sacrifice my velocity and throw strikes and th- and try to be more cognizant of being able to throw strikes and work quickly and get ground balls. And I'm serious. I, I know it's easier said than done, but why, yeah. you know, guys need to be talking about that inside that dugout. Maybe they are, but man, how do you not watch that and say, that's how I, I got to try to be doing that. We've heard a lot from the Cardinals uh, clubhouse about Adam Wainwright. And he's talking about guys being, being approaching him and talking about how to do it. One of the issues with Wainwright is, Everybody views him as Superman. You know, well, wait a minute. This guy's a this guy's been a big time pitcher forever. One of the Mount Rushmore Cardinal pitchers of all time. I can't be Adam Wainwright, but I mean, everybody thinks they can be Wade LeBlanc and throw 88 miles an hour and get people. I mean, that that's he's kind of a commoner. He's like me. So so <laughs> I think Wade LeBlanc has as much of a chance of communicating, and I think he's open to that. His post game interview yesterday was incredibly good. I mean, incredibly good. And he was making it very clear that he is open and, and feels the burden to help younger pitchers understand how to do what he does. And he wasn't being arrogant about it, but he was almost like a, he was almost like Yoda. I mean, a Yoda, I mean, he was calmly talking about the, the idea of changing speeds and using your all-star catcher and your defense behind you in a way that, I mean, I just think it was very calming and maybe another voice, for these other Cardinal starters that uh, they need to listen to. And, and and you're right. They need to listen to him. There's no question. I'm just trying to imagine being like uh, John Gann, who has really good stuff or Johan Oviedo, who obviously has incredible stuff. And you're watching Wade LeBlanc, who no disrespect to him, but you're watching him go out there and give you consistent innings. And it's like, damn it. Why can't I do that? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's, in- it's interesting. The good stuff question, and we'll put that in quotes, air quotes here. Uh, good stuff was a question when I was uh 
back in the minor leagues, I had, a, I had a, a roommate that was on his way up, Mike Birkbeck, and, and he, he wanted to get into coaching, and I wanted to get into coaching. And we were talking about how they evaluate pitchers with good stuff and what does that really mean. And I carried that into coaching with the Indians, this idea of good stuff. And I think good stuff includes command and control. I don't think it just includes velo and how, how much it breaks. That, that's a part of good stuff. But if it's not moving to a corner, if it's not having late movement, if it's not uh, finding the zone often enough, my feeling is you don't have good stuff. And so I think sometimes we say that to the detriment of a young guy that throws hard. You know, the, the minor leagues has been riddled with people that throw 98 miles an hour and don't get to the big leagues. Those are just guys that just can't throw strike. I mean, I played with a bunch of them in the minor leagues that threw very hard, never got to AAA. Why? Because they didn't have good stuff, in air quotes, they didn't know where it was going. And I think we have to pound that in guys' eyes. Don't get so enamored with your spin rate and your velo and, and how hard the ball breaks. I mean, that's not pitching. That's throwing. I can find anybody to throw. That's like saying a, a, the, the guy that's going to win the Masters is the guy that wins a long drive competition that nobody watches on ESPN, the Ocho. I mean, who cares about that? I care about a guy that can score. You know, Ricky, you had a lot of roommates. I, I thought that uh, you only roomed with some of their bags, their luggage, just not them. <laughs> well, th- there was some of that. I mean, you know, minor league people feel in their oats. You know, they like to do their thing. But uh, but, but, not me. You know, I was reading a book and studying. Of course you are. Uh, studying and doing all that stuff. Well, I, I have commissioned uh, the uh, Major League Baseball for the slider low and away contest for the, uh, for, for the All-Star break. <laughs> I don't know I, if they, you know, I, well, I, I don't think the pendulum is going to switch back that far, Danny. Yeah. But, but I but I do think the pendulum is switching, and and I think the the whole spider tack, you know, sticky stuff thing might kind of be a, be a piece of the the pendulum going back in the other direction to understand that we need people to pitch. We got to stop talking about throwing. We got to stop. I mean, every day we talk about their velocity and their velocity and their velocity, and you know, it, it gets tiresome. I mean, it gets tiresome as a fan to say, "Yeah, he throws ninety eight. So what?" So what? The bases are loaded, one out. I mean, so what? I mean, the idea is to get people out, as Wade LeBlanc did, and that makes the game flow. And, and I'm not saying everybody needs to throw 87 either, but, but you need to find ways to pitch and be an artist, not just a thrower. Boy, BK brought up a, g- a great point uh, when we were looking at the foreign substances stuff and when it first came into uh, baseball about a week ago. He said, man, can you imagine a place going nuts and you're you're Chris Carpenter and you're pumping your fist and you come off and all of a sudden, oh, by the way, check oh. your <laughs> check yeah. your glove. And then last night I mentioned the point, Wade LeBlanc gives up a bomb and the first thing that happens to him, and you know – even though he's very, you know, very calm, very, yeah. he's been around forever. He's going to keep his emotions in check. But the first thing they do is they go over and check his glove. That has right. got to be incredibly frustrating for pitchers right now. Well, I think it's the wrong place to do it on the field. I, you know, you don't get to pat down in front of 30,000 people. I just think that's, that's not fair to a pitcher. And even the Seattle Mariners pitcher that, you know, apparently we're still waiting to see whether he had just rosin or not. What if that guy would have still been in that game? I think he was coming out anyway. But and what if he's pitching great and he comes out? They throw him out of the game, and Seattle lose. Now, do we care if Seattle loses that game? I mean, they care, but but we probably don't. But what if that's the Cubs and the Brewers? And what if you know the guy gets thrown out of the game, and then they then they send it out to you know the, the headquarters and find out that it was just rosin, and, and now you know you've taken a pitcher out of a game in a competitive situation in front of everybody, so we presume that he's guilty, and and he really wasn't. I mean, I, I just think we. 
we're, we're doing it wrong. I, I don't mind the crackdown. I just think we should do it differently. Absolutely. Hey, Ricky, thanks for hopping on. Always appreciate your insight. It's great to uh, to visit with you. It's awesome to work with you. And are you uh, are you back on the pregame and uh, radio tonight? What do you got going? I'll be right behind you giving you notes, Danny. Oh, I can't wait. That's the best. That's the best. You breathing down my neck. I love it. Uh, I'll see you at the ballpark. This got weird quick, Dan. I'm telling you. Well, you know, there's plenty of separation. Don't worry. There is. There is. It's all good. Great to be with you guys. Thanks, Ricky. Appreciate it. I'll see you at the ballpark tonight. That's Rick Horton of uh, Valley Sports and also on the radio games. Such a good dude and does a great job. And uh, pregame tonight at uh, 6.30 and then 12.15. Early start tomorrow, 12.15 with the first pitch. KK tomorrow, Carlos tonight. Um, He is right, though. It's so – I mean – Wade LeBlanc gives up a bomb, and he stops at the first baseline, and you know he's probably inside furious. Sure. And because I think if he gets that out, I think thinking along the lines with Mike Schilt, even though he had Helsley up to face a right-hander potentially, but then the pitcher spot was up. You would have burned him for just one batter. Mm -hmm. You could have had him. You could have pushed it and said, I'm going to take a chance with Wade getting that guy and then the next guy, then have a pinch hitter. And then Helsley started ending clean and then pushed back the other three, the big three for the seventh, eighth, and ninth. It didn't work out that way. That would have been ideal. So all those things didn't happen. So he takes him out early, and you're sitting there at the first baseline, and he's checking all that stuff. It's not ideal, man. It's not. There's a lot about what's taking place right now in baseball with this specifically, the foreign substance thing that's not ideal. And I, it's something that they're going to have to work out the kinks on. I, I agree with what we just heard from Ricky Horton. I don't think the place to do it is on on the field. I don't, I don't think that's the spot. The problem is to avoid the delays that you could have. Where is the spot? What's the what's the best place to do so? I don't know. It's not an easy thing for baseball. We talked about it the other day with Santiago, uh, not knowing whether or not it was just rosin, if it was something more than that. Baseball is in a tough spot with all of this stuff. I Again, I will say once more, I agree with their decision to crack down on this stuff. I think that is the right thing to do. The difficult part, though, is in the execution. The easy part is to say you're going to crack down. The tough part is to determine exactly how that takes place. So the uh, 618 says, quit blowing smoke, you guys. You act like I uh, pitched nine innings. You only pitched four against uh, Arizona AAA team. Hold on here. First of all, he's not stretched out. Secondly, you you just dropped three or four against Pittsburgh. Your team is reeling. Eat your vegetables, Cardinals fans. You know this you is need, your broccoli. You needed it. This is what you needed, and he gave you exactly. And he didn't he didn't walk anybody except an intentional walk. That's what you needed. So he did a very good job last night. This is the Danny Mac Show with BK, the podcast powered by I Promise. So you were telling me on Carriker and Smallman, there's a little talk about uh, Jack Flaherty. Yeah. So earlier today, John Mosaloc was on with Carriker and Smallman. If you missed that, check out the podcasts on 101ESPN.com, the free 101 ESPN app. It is all presented by I Promise. And Randy had a follow-up question after talking about some of the injured guys. He said, hey, so uh, Mo, are, are you telling us that the earliest you could really reasonably expect Flaherty back is kind of early August? And Mo... More or less confirmed, yeah, that's the early best-case scenario for the Cardinals is early August for Jack Flaherty. Mm. 
that's five, almost six weeks away right now. And Dan, it makes sense when you think about it logically. I mean, if he's not back right now, all he's doing is basically throwing like very limited stuff. Flat ground, playing catch. Yep. He's still got to get worked back up. He's going to have to go down on a rehab assignment. You would think at least two starts down in AAA, probably that's going to take him two weeks basically to get that done before he's back up in the rotation so however long his rehab is going to take add two weeks to the back end of that that's when he could actually pitch for the cardinals it it doesn't endear a whole lot of good feelings when you hear something like yeah that. he's gonna have to get some bullpens in and that's the buildup that and maybe a rehab starter too and that's something you got to think about as well the cardinals announced yesterday they're Moving forward, Nolan Gorman, he is up to AAA at AA this year, 43 games, 288 the average. I love that. Only 43 games at AA, now already at AAA, hitting 862 OPS. The Cardinals also announced promoting an 18-year-old Jordan Walker to high A Peoria. Now, this is this is significant when you move a young man this quickly to high A. And John Moselock did talk about how they are so excited about this young man. In terms of Jordan Walker, gosh, it's uh, enormously exciting. I mean, like, you think of, like, players at that age that have put up those kind of numbers since I've been here, you probably would say Albert Pujols, and the other one would be Oscar Tavares. And, you know, that's pretty high company or high cotton when you think about, like, you know, what that means. And so to see him having that kind of success is really exciting, especially doing it down in that ballpark where for all of us that, you know, used to cover the Florida State League or go down there, you know how how difficult of a place that is to play or hit, um, especially in those hot, humid months. It's a brutal place to hit. It's a pitcher's ballpark. And when you're watching spring training games, especially when the wind is blowing all the time off the ocean, it's about five and a half, six miles away from the ocean. It's a terrible place to hit. And he was hitting 374, six home runs, OPS over 1,100. So now he is at low A, and that is a significant jump for that young man. That's big. When we talked to Michael Gersh, we asked him about Jordan Walker, and he said, yeah, the things that he's doing down at low A right now, the exit velocities, because they've got all of the the cameras, the trackers inside of that ballpark since it's where they play in spring training. All of that stuff reads as if he was a major leaguer in terms of the quality of the contact that he was already having. This kid is like 18 years old. I mean, it's insane what you're seeing already from Jordan Walker. This is the prize possession right now, in my opinion, in the Cardinals uh, farm system. I know we talk a lot about Nolan Gorman, Matthew Liberatore. We're all very excited about them. Jordan Walker is the one with real star potential, in my mind, at least. So there's some news uh, around Major League Baseball. Kyle Schwarber is tearing up the baseball. He was at it again yesterday. 19 it's gone if it's fair it's way up there see you later that may be as far as anybody has ever hit one up the upper deck in right field Schwarber launches another one to right see you later 15 home runs in the last 17 days only other players to do that Sammy Sosa back in 1998 Barry Bonds in 2001 congratulations Kyle Schwarber you're the only one to do a clean (laughs) yeah that would be it and Schwarber by him getting hot that has made the Nationals get back in the race and that means that uh, your hopes to get uh, one Max Scherzer those hopes are dwindling as they're getting back in the race by the way I don't know if you saw this but 
uh, Max Scherzer's agent, one Scott Boris said, hey, by the way, if you want to trade for him, you're going to have to negotiate an extension for him, too. He did walk that back yesterday. He made another statement basically saying, oh, maybe not an extension, maybe just some sort of an amendment onto the contract. It's called an extension. Come on, Scott. You know what you want out of this. Get out of here. Otani hits number 26 at at, uh, Yankee Stadium. That's tied for the Major League lead. So, Johan Otani... Shohei Otani is doing just unbelievable things uh, for the Angels. Otani crushes one deep right field. Goodbye. Welcome to New York, Shohei Otani. The Batman has arrived in Gotham City. 26th home run. The Batman, number 26. And by the way, this is cool. Gwen Goldman serves as the bad girl for the Yankees, fulfilling a 60-year-old dream. At the age of 70, Gwen served as the Yankees' bad girl last night. At the age of 10, uh, in 1961, she wrote to the Yankees to be a bad girl, was rejected by Yankees GM uh, at the time due to her gender. So that's awesome. She that's got to amazing. Do, she got to do that last night. That is incredible. Uh, Mike Trout put on the 60-day IL. He is out until after the All-Star break with his calf injury. Brewers scored 10 in the 8 to beat the Cubs, 14-4 to last night at home. And the Brewers uh, put it on the Chicago Cubs last Last night. Tapera in the air, hit well. Deep left center field on the run. Half can't get it. Off the wall it goes. Peterson will score. He'll hold Hira. Peterson down the right field line. Another hit. Here comes Levias. He'll score. Garcia will be held around third. It is 11 to 4. It's a seven run eighth inning for Milwaukee. Their ace. Oh, that ball's Here. Sends it deep to right. There she goes. Keston Hero. A three run home run. 10 in the eighth for Milwaukee. By the way, they have dealt with a plethora of injuries and they have found a way. So the Milwaukee Brewers are finding a way. They lead the NL Central. Cardinals win last night. So they at least hold serve in that regard. And the Cardinals turn to Carlos Martinez tonight. College World Series, Vanderbilt routes Mississippi State. 8-2, game one of the College World Series. Jack Leiter, six innings, three hits, couple of earned, walk three, struck out eight. Vandy can win it all with a win tonight. You've got your show coming up. We do. One other piece of news from Major League Baseball to pass along. The Blue Jays have made a trade. They have acquired Corey Dickerson and Adam Clymer from the Miami Marlins. Uh, According to Jeff Passan. This is really about Climber. Dickerson is hurt right now. He's in a walking boot, so there's hope apparently that he could return at some point this year, but the Blue Jays kind of jumping ahead on the market uh, Climber has been very good this year. He has a 2.9 ERA and 34 innings for the Marlins. So one of the first pitchers to be dealt, I think the first pitcher to be dealt so far in the trade season is officially off of the market. What's coming up on your show? Yeah, we've got Katie Wu coming up at 1130. We're certainly going to celebrate last night because we have not been able to do this very <laughs> often, Dan. We're going to celebrate the fact that you had an outburst in an individual inning. It's the first time that's happened in a while. We'll do that coming up. And um, there were some interesting comments yesterday from a national NHL reporter on Matthew Kachuk maybe not quite as likely as we had once hoped so we'll get into that coming up as well you've been listening to the Danny Mac show with BK the podcast powered by I promise Peloton let's go this holiday with the right music 
and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.